Dude, no, there it is. You didn't have me turned up all the way. You gave me the signal, and you did not have me turned up all the way. Happy Easter, everyone. Morning. We're ready to start our service this morning. If you guys would like to stand and sing, we'll have the words up on the screens for you. We're going to sing all because of Jesus. Giver of every breath I breathe, author of all eternity, giver of every perfect thing, to you be the glory. Maker of heaven and of earth, no one can comprehend your word. King over all the universe, to you be the glory. Praise the Lord. If you're happy to be in God's house on Resurrection Day, say hallelujah. hallelujah. 
Amen. It's been a great day already. We had a, a, a full, all the chairs were taken at the sunrise service. We had a great Sunday school. But the primary thing, it's awesome that this is the day we choose to celebrate the greatest gift we have, and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? I pray that's what you're here for today, that to lift up your voice, to sing in song, to share in word. And we're, As you see, we'll, we'll participate in the Lord's Supper in a little bit. But we're doing these things not to get our card punched, to say we went to church on Easter. I pray you're here doing it to worship the one true King, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So I welcome each one of y'all here this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's just kick off this service and have a great time together. Father God, I'd come before you again, truly lifting up your name, who you are and what you are. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you will pour out your blessings upon us this day, that we will feel you in our songs and our heart, we'll, we'll, we'll hear your presence in our minds, we'll know that you're here. And God, may you speak to us, each one individually, the way we need to hear it, Father. May we leave this place a little changed, a little closer to who you would have us to be. Forgive us our faults, our sins, our iniquities is what I pray, Lord God. And I pray that all here will truly turn those things over to you. May your name be lifted up in the hearts of men this day, and may we just give you praise for it all. And Father, there are those who left after the first service. There are those who couldn't be here today uh, traveling to do Easter things with their families here, there, and wherever they may be. I pray that you'll let them know That just as you are here, you are there. And that just as strong as you're here, you're strong there. And that they will feel your presence. And God, I do lift up our our deacon, Dennis, who couldn't be here this morning as he is very, very ill. God, just just touch him in his house right now and let him know that we are praying for him as his, his family here in this church. God, I just pray your will to be done. May your name be lifted up. And God, we give you praise. In Jesus' holy name. And everybody says... Amen. Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Walk around, give somebody a hug or a handshake, and just tell them it's good to see them in God's house today.
Present to you guys. I, uh, if you weren't able to make it this morning, let me make sure you, everyone hears. There is no church services this evening. Uh, we we have been celebrating the Lord with sunrise service and this worship service, and we're going to continue to celebrate the Lord. Uh, however, after this service, that way you can go and be with your family or wherever you feel you'd like to be, and go and just continue to lift up the Lord together there. So, no church services here this evening. Just a couple more things I want to throw out there. Again, May 6th is going to be our large work day. I want to encourage you to come out. We're going to be pressure washing the church, getting it ready to be painted. we got a lot of trim outside needs to be replaced. Uh, We're going to have people leading these things as well. So you can just come. You say, well, I don't know how to replace trim or I'm not a carpenter. We'll have people here that can do that. We just need more people to help. when I was, I was in the library, I saw a few things that need to be fixed in there, a few things in the Sunday school rooms. We got little things that just need to be done, a new, our spring cleaning. So May 6th, if you can come, you know, we're going to be English oiling the pews. That's something uh, just easy, just oiling the pews, but it's, there's a lot of them. So the more hands you have doing them, the faster it gets done. So that's why I would encourage you, May 6th, write that on your calendar. We've been going presenting this for a month so everybody can say, oh, I didn't realize it was here already. May 6th is our work day. Also that day, we are going to be putting together, or the youth are going to be putting together a uh, garage sale. They're going to be doing a garage sale to help fund their uh, summer camp trips. So anything, if you have things that you would like to donate to the youth to sell in the garage sale, just get with Corey. He's already left. He had a family gathering at, at, the, at the state park. I can't remember the name of it offhand, but at the state park. But anyway... He, he is not here right now, but if you have things you'd like to donate to the youth to, to, for the garage sale to help them kids get, gather up the funds to go to camp, they'll be doing that on May 6th as well. Also, too, just as you've been hearing us talk about Vacation Bible School, it's that time of the year, it's coming up. Also, it's getting time for the RA and GA camps. If you uh, have children or you young people, if you'd like to go to the RA or GA camp, it's getting time to pre-register, so I need you to get with, uh, I guess, Julie or Brian right now to, to let us know that this is something that you're looking forward to so we can go ahead and get your names down on the list. Parents, if, that, if that's something that you plan on letting your kids do this year, uh, I want to encourage you to go ahead and let, make sure we know the names so we can start getting that pre-registered. One more thing I want to say, unfortunately, neither are here right now because of uh, being Easter, people are gone. But speaking of camps, there was a pre-Easter camp this weekend at Alto Frio. And one of ours, Hunter, accepted Jesus Christ this weekend at, at Easter camp. Amen? Praise the Lord. So praise God. And that, this was a young man that was, was raised in the church, basically. But he accepted Christ this weekend. And when we do see him this week, probably Thursday, we'll see him Thursday night, church. If you're here, make sure you give him a hug and let him know, hey, we're going to be praying for you. Amen? Amen. Okay, that's enough announcements. Instead of a scripture reading today, I got somebody a whole lot prettier than Brian coming up. <laughs> Amen. For those that missed it before, Miss Olivia is going to come up and she's going to share her memory verse with us again. And this is a, a reading. I want you to listen to what she has to say this morning. Listen to the words that she's going to impart to you because there's a message in what this young lady's going to share. Can I pray with you first before you start? Okay. Father God, I lift up little Olivia to you. 
And I thank you for her willingness to do this. And God, thank you for sharing her with us. In Jesus' name, amen. If a man dies, shall he live again? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and, affli and afflicted. He was He was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquities of us all. So the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the, Rom and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Praise the Lord. Which they carried out, and we are celebrating today, because though they put him to death, he rose again three days later. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's sing some more songs, Chris. Thank you, Olivia. That was If you'd like to stand and sing with us, please do. Again, the words will be on the screen. We'll sing, Low in the Grave He Lay. Low in the grave He lay, Jesus my Savior, Waiting the coming day, Jesus my Lord. Up from the grave he arose, 
With a mighty triumph for his foes He arose a victor from the dark domain And he lives forever with the saints to reign He arose, he arose Hallelujah, Christ arose Vainly they watched his bed Jesus, my Savior Vainly they sealed the dead, Jesus my Lord. Up from the grave he arose, with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with the saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Hallelujah, Christ arose. Death could not keep his prey. Jesus, my Savior, he tore the bars away. Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave he arose. With a mighty triumph over foes, he arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with the saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ song that we don't do often, but it's an easy song to pick up on, so sing when you get there. Son of God, you are the perfect one, you came to give life away. My sin you have erased With your precious blood You showed your unfailing love And I will never be the same Forever I am changed Jesus Sit enthroned upon my heart With everything you are Come live your life in me, reign supremely. I'm not just giving you my sin, but everything within. Come take control and make me holy. Son of God, you are the risen one. You came to overtake the grave. By the power of your name, you have raised me up with your conquering love. And I will never be the same. Forever I am changed, Jesus. Sit enthroned upon my heart 
with everything you are. Come live your life in me, reign supremely. I'm not just giving you my sin, but everything within. Come take control and make me holy. Be my everything, my everything. You are my king, enthroned to be my everything, my everything. You are my king, enthroned to be my everything. My everything, you are my king, enthroned to be my upon my heart with everything you are come live your life in me and reign supremely not just giving you my sin everything within come take control make me holy sit enthroned upon my heart with everything you are Come live your life in me, reign supremely, not just giving you my sin, everything within, come take control, make me holy. just giving you my sin everything within come take control and make me holy Because he lives, amen. 
Let my song join the one that never ends Because he lives I was dead in the grave I was covered in sin and shame I heard mercy call my name He rolled the stone away Amen Amen I'm alive, I'm alive Because He lives Amen Amen let my song join the one that never ends Because He lives I can face tomorrow Because He lives Every fear is gone I know He holds my life My future in His hands Amen. Amen. I'm alive, I'm alive because he lives. Amen. Amen. Let my song join the one that never ends. Amen. Amen. Because he lives, amen, amen. Let my song join the one that never ends. Because he lives, because he lives, because he lives. like to have you guys listen to a song. We're going to play it up on the screens. Uh, probably the best Easter song that I've heard a long time ago. I've actually met the girl who sang this song. Uh, she stands about five foot nothing. She was intimidated to meet me. She's the, the tiniest person that you'll ever meet with the biggest voice that you'll ever hear. Uh, and she's very passionate when she sings. You'll see it uh, on the screen. She's uh, a pretty incredible person. Her name is Lacey Sturm. Uh, formerly the lead singer of a band called Flyleaf, which is a modern American rock band. Uh, she stepped down from that band, and she's exclusively now doing uh, Christian music. This song she partnered with Billy Graham to do, and it's, uh, again, the best Easter song that I've heard in a long time. So listen to the lyrics.
I agree with Chris. It's um, when he sent me that song, I was like, "Wow, that's the way church is supposed to be." We should be excited. I, we tend to. I don't want to say it's a Baptist thing, but we tend to sit on our hands a whole lot and look like we suck on lemons all day. You know, that's the way it ought to be. You ought to be excited about that mercy seat. I, I'll be honest with you, I was sitting up here, watch, this, I probably watched it 25 times in the last few days because it's exciting to see somebody excited about the mercy seat. Amen? About that mercy tree. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God, and thank you, Chris, for sharing that with me, too. And us. Amen. First Corinthians. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to First Corinthians. I didn't give them a heads up back there this morning, so Morgan has to work quickly. Her little fingers are typing as fast as she can. First Corinthians, chapter 11. <clears throat> Starting in verse 23. First Corinthians 11:23. There we go. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you on the night when he was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself in this way. He should eat of the bread and the drink of the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. Now, primarily, I want us to go back and look for just a second at verse 26. For often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death... Until he comes. Folks, we are here this morning, and, and this is the resurrection day, and we are celebrating the resurrection. But let me point out to you, there would be no resurrection if there had not been no death. There had not been any death, I should say. The death is an important aspect of our redemption story. People say things to the effect, well, well, that's, this is a sad thing that the Lord has passed away. What happened is sad that we had, that that is what had to transpire, but praise God that Paul says that, that for as often as you eat bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now let me start this morning by saying that communion, <clears throat> the Lord's Supper, is just as important today as it has ever been. This isn't just a ritualistic act. Some people say, well, why don't we do this every week? But it becomes a ritual, and people forget the meaning behind it oftentimes. And we never want that to happen because this is an important thing. This is a, a tenet of Scripture. This is something we do in remembrance and proclaiming the death of our Lord. In the time of Jesus, it was not an uncommon thing for a meal to consist of, of bread and wine to drink. They didn't have the luxury of, of jumping in the car and running down to McDonald's or Burger King for a meal. This, this, this was a very simple act normally. But Christ changed that up here. Jesus gathered all the meaning of all the ancient sacrifices 
when he was talking to the disciples that day. He gathered it all together and brought all the prophecies of his kingdom together to make sure that they understood that this was going to mean more. Praise God, it coincided with the Passover. And how incredibly appropriate is that? Think about it for just a second. That Moses had prophesied by the slaying of the Passover lamb and, and taking the blood of the lamb and putting it on the lintel and the side posts of the door that this is what you're going to have to do to have the angel of death go over. Well, now Jesus is proclaiming to them at this Last Supper as he's talking to the apostles, get ready for what you have heard that was done in your history with Moses is about to come right in front of your eyes. Every aspect of it is about to happen again right in the front of your eyes. Now, it wasn't a physical death of the firstborn. It is the spiritual death of the soul. But he's saying, I am becoming that Passover lamb. The Lord himself is saying that was the way it was. The, the, the things of Moses, that's the way that it was. But things are about to change. He was making sure they understand that, yes, this is just bread. Yes, this is just wine. But as Paul shares with us right here, he's saying as long as you take of the bread and you take of the wine, you are proclaiming the death of our Lord and, and until he comes again. Praise God. Jesus made it become so much more. In other words, he was going to become that spotless lamb, sacrifice, as we talked about in Sunday school this morning, sacrifice once and for all. So the question becomes, what is the significance of the Lord's Supper for you and I today? How are we to partake of the, 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 the most holy of our sacraments, if you will? Again, think of the significance of this verse right here. We are proclaiming his death. For as often as you eat of the, the bread, as you, often as you drink of the cup, you're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. This is important that we grab this, guys. We are proclaiming his death. We're not, we're not proclaiming his life here. People say, well, we're to proclaim the life of Jesus. But Paul is saying is we're proclaiming the life of the, 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 his death. We're proclaiming his death. Now, his life was a powerful thing. His life was a, a spotless life. He that knew no sin became our sin. It was a powerful life. There is no taking away from his life. I, I, I don't want to say that well, his life was just this or that. But yes, his life was powerful. But we are also saying that we know that he died. We're not celebrating his life that brings us salvation. It was his death and his resurrection. We are celebrating the death that had to happen for you and I. We're not celebrating his life. We're not celebrating his teachings. Though they were incredible. No man has ever taught as Jesus did. They were incredible and they were powerful teachings. And, and there's people today who will refuse to call Jesus Christ their God, their Lord, their Savior. But they'll say he was a good teacher. His teachings were incredible, but that's not what we are lifting up when we take the Lord's Supper. When we gather and celebrate Easter, we're not celebrating the life. We're not celebrating the, his teachings. Being a great teacher is not what brings us to the communion table. We are celebrating his death. It's not his miracles either. But many people get caught up in celebrating the miracles of Jesus, and it is a great thing. He, he, uh, he, he brought the the, the balm of Gilead, if you will. He, he, he did perform some incredible, miraculous things. And there are things that we should look at, and there are things that we should step back and say, 
Man, look at the power of our God. Look at the mightiness of our God. But we don't celebrate communion to remember how he walked on the water. We don't celebrate communion to remember how he fed the 5,000. We don't celebrate communion even when it comes to the, the raising of the de- dead. If you think about it, the, 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 the raising of the widow named son, he was able to do that. He was able to, 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 to uh, Darius' daughter, Lazarus, come forth out of the tomb. He could raise the dead. He could open the eyes of the blind. He could clear the ears of the deaf. He could make the lame walk. He could do incredible things. But when we come to the Lord's table, we're not celebrating his life. We're not celebrating his teachings. We're not even celebrating the miracles that he could do. These were all great and wonderful things. When we take of the Lord's Supper, we are celebrating his death, folks. We are proclaiming his death. Paul says, we pro- every time we partake of the bread and take of the cup, we proclaim his death. Now, why? What, what, what all is going on there? His body, we can look at the bread and the wine. We can see how they tie together. You think about that just a second. His body, it, it wasn't glorious. His body was hung upon that tree. But it wasn't broken. We're not celebrating that, though. We're not celebrating the how many times it got hit. Say, well, my, my God's a tough God. Absolutely. If God be for you, who can be against you? But we're not celebrating how many times he was hit, how many times he was spat upon. We're not celebrating how many times he was beaten and how hard he was beaten. We're celebrating the death. Those things happened. His blood ran for you and I. Not the blood that that ran through the veins of the king of kings. His blood was shed. His blood was poured out and fallen on the ground for you and me. That's what we're proclaiming. Well, well, why would you proclaim something like that? That could be offensive to people. We, We shouldn't talk about the blood in church and things of that nature. This is the 21st century. Folks, if it had not been for that blood that was poured out, we wouldn't have salvation today. If he had not died upon that cross, we could not have salvation today. We celebrate the time when that Roman soldier pierced his side and the blood and the water flowed out of his side. We are celebrating, we are lifting that, we are proclaiming that death. We are celebrating the fact that there is a, a river drawn from Emmanuel's veins, if you will, where sinners can be plunged beneath it and, and lose their guilt and their shame. We can put in under the flood, and we can be washed as white as snow. If that blood had not flowed, that perfect blood had not flowed down that cross, if that perfect blood had not been shed, then the remission of sins could not have happened. Yes, death can be a sad thing. Death can be a hard thing. But this death that we are reading about today, this death that we proclaim with the Lord's Supper, that death happened because the Lord chose to follow through in obedience unto the end for you and I. And Paul says every time we partake of the Lord's Supper, every time we take of the bread, every time we take of the wine, every time we come to the Lord's table, we are proclaiming the death. We are proclaiming that we have been bought with a price. Not silver and gold, but by the very blood of Jesus Christ. We have been bought. 
And that's why his body, that's why he took this moment to show and tie his body to this. Jesus, Jesus was, was, was meeting with his disciples. He knew this would be the last time that he would meet with them before the cross. He knew what he was doing. And as they broke the bread, he said, this as the Savior's body, this is your Lord's body, shall be broken. When we take of the Lord's Supper, guys, it's not a ritual. It's not something that we should do with, oh yeah, you know, that was fun. It's something we should do with humility. We are proclaiming the death of our Lord and our Savior. That had to happen for us to have salvation. And when we take of the bread, we are remembering just what his body went through. I don't mean to diminish that in any way. When we take of the bread, we should remember what the scriptures say. If you've ever watched the, the, the Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson, you know, we went to a Passion play the other day in, on the square in Seguin, and they did a great job there. First Baptist Church Seguin did. But that was nothing. You look at the one that, that, that Mel Gibson put together, and that really draws it home. And then I would say probably multiply that even more to the actual event. It was a harsh and horrendous thing that his body went through. When we take of the Lord's Supper, we should remember that. We are proclaiming his death. We are proclaiming that, that his body was broken for me. And just as the grape was, was crushed to make that wine, his body was crushed so that, that he could pour out his blood in redemption for the entire world. We need to remember those things. When we come together on resurrection morning, we should remember that yes, those things happen. And they happen so that I can have freedom. You see, that cup speaks of the blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out, shed for the remission of our sins. That broken bread speaks of his, his body that was broken by whom stripes we have been healed. Now, those are words that a lot of people don't like to throw out there. They're in the scripture. And by his stripes we are healed because he chose to come into the, in, in as the body of a man, live upon this earth, those 33 little bit years, and he chose to follow through and to the end the plan that had been set in motion prior to the creation of the heavens and the earth so that you and I can have redemption. The Lord's Supper confirms his death. When we take the Lord's Supper, that's why Paul said it, and that's why we need to remember it. We are proclaiming his death. Not just his life and his teachings and his miracles. We're saying, my Lord loved me enough, he chose to die for me. But then three days later, that first Easter morning, there was that resurrection. He rose again. And then the Lord's table says what? You're going to remember this is going to be your proclamation of his death. And then what's that second line? And his return. It says proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. Until he comes. The second coming of our Lord and Savior. When we take of the Lord's table, the scripture, scripture says he's coming again. When? We don't know, but it says he's coming again. We're going to proclaim his death until he comes again. It doesn't say if he chooses to come again. It doesn't say he might come again. It says he will come again. Why is that important, guys? Because it links the humiliation of the cross with the coronation of the king. 
It links the fact that my Lord and my Savior, in the form of a man, chose to be beaten, spat upon, defiled, and, 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 and dis, despised. This is Olivia shared a while ago. He chose to allow himself to be pierced and nailed to that tree and, 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 and nailed there to, with a sign above him and all could just look at him and spit at him. He chose to go through all that humiliation so that on the third day he would rise again and say, I am going to return. And when I return, there's going to be a coronation. It says he's going to come riding in and on his vesture, written in blood, King of kings, Lord of lords. His thigh is going to be shining with that emblem. King of kings, Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Folks, we do this and we proclaim his death until he comes again because it is our assurance. That accomplished past of that cross assures our future when he returns again as the coronated king. Hallelujah. We should be excited about that. Just as she's saying there, he went to that mercy tree. And just as she was excited and jumping up and down saying hallelujah, she's saying hallelujah not just because he went to the tree, but he defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he's coming again. He'll be riding that white stallion, and it says the armies of heaven will be riding behind him. The crowns will be upon his head, and he'll say, Lord of lords, King of kings. Folks, I am glad, I am proud, and I praise God and say hallelujah that I am going to get to be a part of that heavenly army one day. And each one of us that proclaims Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and truly means it in our heart, if we're truly coming to celebrate the day of His resurrection, should be able to partake of the Lord's Supper and say, thank you, Jesus, I proclaim your death for me until you come again. I guess what I'm saying this morning, folks, is that communion, the Lord's Supper, is a a sign of the past. And what has happened, but it's also a seal to the future. Because he's coming again. And he says, remember me. This do in remembrance of who I am. Folks, Easter has come and gone over 2,000 times. A lot of times, Easter, the, the resurrection day, has come and it's passed. And let me share this with you. Different, there's been different music throughout the years. There's different kinds of programs. There's, there's different kinds of church services. People have gathered and celebrated it in different ways. But one thing stays constant. And you know what that is? My God has risen. My God has risen. And I can proclaim his death until he comes again because he's no longer dead. He chose to die for me and for you, and he has now defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he has risen. And I would submit to you this morning that that the Lord's Supper to me is not something to be ritualistically done. It is the highest act of worship in the church to me. People have, have actually said to me, well, you need to do it on these specified times and this It's when the Lord says to do it. But as often as I do so, I do it not out of habit, not out of ritual, not because man tells me to. But I do it to proclaim his death until he comes. A death that was rent for me. A death that was heinous. 
a death that was painful, a death that was chosen because he loved me and because he loves you. That's why we do the Lord's Supper. That's why we gather together and take of the Lord's Supper. When we take of the Lord's Supper, we join the holy angels in heaven crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We are reaching out to the lamb that was slain and saying, Father God, I proclaim the death that you put in place for me and I thank you for it and I thank you that you love me enough that you would sacrifice yourself so I can be assured of my salvation life later. We reach to the lamb who was slain. But folks, let me tell you this morning, he became the lion of the tribe of Judah that the Old Testament said he was. He went out as a lamb. He's coming back as a lion. And we need to make sure we're on that right side. We need to make sure we understand that he chose to do that for us. But that part is finished. And I'll proclaim his death because that part is finished. And I'll proclaim that death until he comes again to show us his coronation. Today, this morning, we've been singing songs. We're celebrating the resurrection. But I would share with you this morning, in a few moments, we're going to have the Lord's Supper. And this is an opportunity for us to to meet with Jesus himself in the most sacred time of fellowship and say, Father God, here I am. That's why Paul goes on to say there that we need to examine ourselves. This isn't about watching your neighbor to see if they take the Lord's Supper. This isn't about you trying to critique or criticize your neighbor. This is an opportunity for each one of us individually to put ourselves before Christ, before that mercy seat, before that mercy tree, and say, Father God, here I am. Is there anything that would keep me from partaking in, in a worthy matter? Is there some kind of obstacle? Is there some kind of hurdle here, Lord? You know, the great thing is, my God said, he will show it to you. But he said, I will also, in 1 John 1, 9, he said, I will be, anyone who confesses their sins unto me, I will be faithful and true to cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. Whatever those obstacles are, if you are willing to let go of them, if you're willing to let go of that pride, if you're willing to let go of that grudge you're holding against your brother and sister, or, or sister, if you're willing to let go of whatever that vice is and give it to Christ, God said, I will cleanse you and take this from you. And then we can partake of this in a worthy way. To take it in an unworthy way, folks, is, is akin to, to blasphemy. It's like saying, you know, I don't want to proclaim your death. I don't, I, 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 it's just not important to me. I'd rather hold on to this vice. I'd rather hold on to this sin in my life. Now, understand, it's better not to partake if you can't let go. But I would suggest to you to try to give it over to the Lord today. However, if you're here this morning, you say, you know, I'm just not working through this right now. That's okay. That's between you and God. But I would say tomorrow, whatever it's going to take, going to that brother maybe, picking up a phone, cleanse your heart and make yourself ready, worthy. Jesus has prepared the way. He said, I can make you ready. If you will ask me to come into your heart, I will forgive you all your sins. 
you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's okay. Because He's given you that opportunity to accept Him right now. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Lord, then today you can turn that over to Him and say, Father, I've been running the ways of the world. I've been in church all my life. But as of today, I choose to proclaim your death for me and accept the gift of mercy you offer through your precious blood. Forgive me, Lord, for I am a sinner in need of your grace. You know the great thing is you don't have to wait on a, on a claims agent to come by. You don't have to wait on a, a, a loan officer to come and see if you're worthy. My God said, whomsoever believes in their heart and proclaims with their mouth that I am the Son of God and I have risen on the third day, so shall they be saved. Where are you at this morning? What is God doing in your life? To God be all the honor, the glory, and the praise. But the bottom line is, are you ready? Are you ready today? We are going to take the Lord's Supper in a little bit, but before we do, I want to make sure that we have the an opportunity. I want to open the altar this morning to give you that opportunity. You may want to come to this altar so that you can be sure of that, that, that day of your salvation. You can be sure that, yes, I am where I need to be. You can come to this altar. I will pray with you. Bob or Chris will pray with you. If you feel like you need to go somewhere and pray with somebody, or maybe you just need to get on your knees right where you're at and say, Father, I know you. I've known you. But please, take these sins from my heart and my mind and make me pure before your throne today. I want to give you this opportunity to make your heart clean unto the Lord. It's your choice. It's your decision. All of us have failures. All of us slip and fall and make mistakes. All of us, you may say, but you know, I'm confused in the scriptures on this aspect or that. Anyone who tells you they know the whole Bible is, is not telling you the truth. The thing is, are you trying to be what God's called you to be? Have you accepted Him as your Lord and with the best of your ability trying to be what He's called you to be? And when you fall, are you turning around saying, Father, forgive me? Not in a vain, repetitious way, but meaning it. Father, I made a mistake. I love you. Forgive me. Where are you at this morning? So I'll stand. I'm going to ask Chris and Bob, if they will, to come up and lead us in the music. But if God's speaking to you, this is your opportunity to say, Father, forgive me. So that you can leave out here just as excited as the young lady that was singing that song. Excited to proclaim that my God showed mercy upon me. Hallelujah. Are you there now? Are you ready? Because you can be. You lead us in a word of prayer this morning. Father God, I just come before you this morning and I just thank you that you did pay that price. And we are here today that though it saddens our heart what you had to go through, I still proclaim your righteousness, your power, by going through with what you had to do unto death for my sin. You who knew no sin became my sin, Lord. The propitiation, the payment 
for my sin you chose to take care of. Now it's up to me to give you that glory back. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that if there's any here today that has not surrendered their heart unto you, if there's any here today that has obstacles that's keeping them from fully acknowledging how much you care for them and love them, may you show them in their heart and in their mind that you are there, that you have not turned your back on them, that though they may have turned it on you, all they have to do is turn back around. God, take this time of invitation to cleanse our hearts, mold us into what you would have us to be, and may your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. As they sing this morning, guys, if this may be a great time for some reflection. Will you look to within yourself and say, God, is there anything? Show me my heart, Lord. David did this often in the scriptures. Show me my heart so that I might not sin against you. Ask God to show you your heart. He may say, you know, this part of your life right here, I want, it, want you to give that to me. Will you listen to him today? Look into your life right now and see what God shows you and lift it onto his throne as they play behind us. Where to go? But we can stop and say, Father God, forgive me my sins, and I am assured this resurrection day, I know I proclaim your death till you come again, because though I feel like I'm dying and broken, you are still life. And you said, if you be for me, then who dare be against me? Whatever it is Satan's using to try to pull you down, get excited. Jump up and just say, hallelujah. No matter how heavy it is, my God's bigger. My God's bigger. Amen? You can grab your seats this morning. I'm going to ask the the men to come down today. <clears throat> Dennis sure, sure did want to be here this morning, be a part of this. Uh, he prayed for him. His body just wouldn't let him do it. He just couldn't, couldn't get his body to, to function. But we're going to, in fam, as a family, we'll partake of the Lord's Supper together. And we'll remember our brothers and sisters who couldn't be here this morning as well as we pray later. Also, too, when you get of your bread or you get of the wine, make sure you hold on to it till everybody has it, and then we'll take it as one body in one accord, proclaiming his death until he comes. In Luke chapter 22, it says this, chapter seven, Luke 22, verse 7, And the day of unleavened bread came, in which the Passover must be sacrificed, and he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make ready for us the Passover that we may eat. And they said unto him, Where wilt thou we make ready? And he said unto them, Behold, when you enter into the city, there you shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house whereinto he goes. And ye shall say unto the master of the house, The teacher says unto thee, Where is the guest chamber? Where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples. And he will show you a large upper room furnished. There, make ready. And he went and they found as he had said over the, unto them, and they made ready the Passover meal. And when the hour was come, he sat down with the apostles with him, and he said unto them, 
With desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I shall not eat it until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he received a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say unto you, I shall not drink from henceforth the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And the cup in like manner after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, even that which is poured out for you. When we come this morning, we are celebrating the the, the broken body, the shed blood, and as I said a while ago, we are proclaiming his death until he returns. So he took the bread, having blessed it and, 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 and prayed over it. It says he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, this is the body which is given unto you. Father God, I just ask your blessing to be upon this bread this day. And as we partake of this this morning, may we hear your voice and hear your word. In Jesus' name.
John chapter 6, verse 58 says, This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. On that same night, the Lord took the cup, and after blessing it, He said, This is the blood which was shed for you. You want to pray over the wine? Father, thank you for uh, for shedding your blood to afford our salvation and our redemption. I praise you for that because that's the uh, making our closeness to you possible, making it where we could approach the throne. Father, thank you for that, God. And I pray that you'll bless this today, Father, and that it will glorify you.
so that you get some more. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, it says, And according to the law, I may almost say, all things are cleansed with blood, and apart from the shedding of blood, there is no remission. First John 1 John 1.7, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. What we have shared as a family together this morning is to say and proclaim to the world that my Lord died for me. He rose again because he's coming back again one day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together this morning. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. And guys, wherever you go to celebrate the rest of your resurrection day, understand and know that if you have Jesus Christ on your side, all things are possible. You can overcome whatever the hurdle may be that Satan's put before you through the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that he made for you. Amen? Father God, I lift up this congregation to you. I I pray that every one of us in this place will leave here today, and as we celebrate and sing Hosanna and Hallelujah unto the Lamb, we can do it with a clear heart and a noble mind of knowing that we truly proclaimed your death to the world, but we also proclaimed your victory over death because you are coming again with, with as Lord of Lords, King of Kings, connecting the humiliation of the cross to the coronation of a king. God, may your will be done in the hearts of your people this day. In Jesus' name. And everybody says? Amen. Amen. Have a great resurrection day, guys. Wherever you go today, make sure they know Jesus lives. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yep, thank you, guys.